Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And Thomas Patrick Dorian. <laughs> and just back from Tap Dance Farming. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> You're welcome. It was That's, great. You should have been man, there. You know what, Actually, I'm glad do. we did. It's <laughs> hard everyone to out do. There. <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like. It is very difficult. You know, I didn't even know you could clog, but tap dance, you that's just sit, amazing. Man. No, I really don't. No, yeah, you need to see I'm it. sure you got pictures on I'll Facebook. I'll send you a YouTube video. All right, I appreciate that. Please do. Yeah. Were you in overalls the whole time? The whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm proud of you. Thank proud you're of welcome. you. Thanks you're for welcome. branching out. I'm here for you, man. Um, so here's the thing. Being, speaking of being here, uh, we're going to do a show. And the show <laughs> is about uh, uh, this one's going to be, this is kind of tough. This one is about forgiveness. Um, uh, forgiving your brother or sister or friend or acquaintance or even somebody. Whoever, stranger. Yeah. yeah forgiving. Did Jesus talk about that ever? Uh, occasionally. Occasionally <laughs> was mentioned. In fact, uh, it's our gospel reading uh, on this weekend. Uh, and so I just want to. I'm going to read through this, and then we're going to we're going to we're going to chit chat about it. We got some stuff. This because this one's a hard one uh, because it's like guilty. You know, everyone gets to raise their hand on this one. Well, we like to get forgiven. That's right, but <laughs> but but forgiving is not always easy. So here's here's the story uh, comes from uh, the gospel according to Matthew, and it's uh, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, "Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive?" As many as seven times, Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him and who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. Man, yeah, there's some serious stuff there. Uh, this, this, uh, this forgiving others. <laughs> oh my goodness! To me, uh, you know, what's funny about that whole thing is Peter's walking up to him, thinking, "I'm going to really show show him something. I'm going to forgive somebody seven times." Yeah, that's interesting too. You know, <laughs> here's the thing about Peter. I love Peter because yeah. he's not a, like afraid just to kind of ask no. the questions that might get yeah, him in trouble. Right. He's he uh, he's a little brash, you know. Yep. Uh, a little forward, and he comes out there, and you know, and he, he kind of has the right idea. He does. I mean, how, can you forgive somebody seven times? Seven times or is a lot. Times seven? I'm thinking about my kids. 
The, oh, well, the one that dinged my mailbox, you know? <laughs> if you ever find out who did it. <laughs> if I find out who did it. You know, the thing is, it's like, okay, forgiven. It's like, well, what if they did it again? What if they did it again? What if they did it again? It's like, this is getting really difficult, Lord, seven times. And then Jesus says, now here's the interesting thing is uh, he says 77 times or seven times 70 or 777 times or 770 times. Depending on your translation, you might have a... a it's a, a lot. It's a lot of... Just, basically, <laughs> basically, it's always. Yeah. yeah. it's a, Every time. Yeah. I think it's actually in ecclesial terms, it's a lot. I mean, yeah. I think that's the actual translation. But a lot. I think it's important, though, to distinguish in terms of uh, what forgiveness actually requires because like you brought up someone dinging your mailbox for example jesus isn't saying that if someone dings your mailbox and you know who it is that uh you always just no matter what are going to have to just say uh, you know what you don't have to pay for the repair of the mailbox you know and that you don't have any responsibilities on your own to to do justice that's not there's not like, like a carte blanche but it has more to do uh, with, I feel like, the interior realities of the heart and managing your own expectations. Because it may be the case that a person's going to keep doing wrong and, uh, you know, that's out of your control if they do. How are you going to respond in your heart? But in terms of... Well, that's what Jesus says at the end of the gospel. Yeah. Forgive your brother with your heart. Yes. Or in your heart. I mean, that's that's different than, I forgive you, you know, <laughs> for, uh, you know, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. So there's forgiveness of the lips, yeah. right? And and honestly, um, there, there's I mean, there's also this this the un the unforgiving servant. There's also this hypocrisy that's going on here too. That's uh, I think that's a big problem, and I and I think that's one of the big points of this particular parable is I mean the guy's not willing to extend the same courtesy that was given him. Yeah. Right. And and so he was forgiven his entire debt. I mean, this this master was getting ready to call in uh, cards and say, like, okay, all right, we're doing our accounting, and so we're going to sell your kids, your yeah, wife, not, not just your you, property, everybody. everything, everybody's going, because we, we you got to pay this debt. And so it's like, please, master, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And okay, you know, he has compassion, and he forgives him. His, in a sense, that's interesting. He forgives his entire debt, mm-hmm. right? It's no longer, you don't have to pay me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's forgiven. And then that should be life changing, and and it's not to this particular servant. That's why he's the unforgiving servant, because after given, being given that uh, that new life, mm-hmm. right? Then he turns around and doesn't do that mm-hmm. for another opportunity. In other words, he doesn't pay it forward. He doesn't pass it on. He doesn't whatever. And and so then he gets called back and basically owes everything, you know, with interest, <laughs> right? You know, at the end of the day, and that's. Um, obviously, this is not about money. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is about sinfulness. It's about um, uh, being right with the Lord and the opportunity. And, and that's what I, I love. There's so many scriptures that will tell us that, that God loves us and that God will forgive us. Uh, the Old Testament is, is uh, just filled with uh, he will not hold you accountable. He will not take your... Uh, you know, life because of your sins. You, you'll be white as snow instead of scarlet. I mean, there's all these things, right? But all through Scripture, especially in the New Testament, we start to see this understanding that that there's a there's a condition on this. I mean, there's a condition. It's unconditional love on the part of God. But it's not just uh, how do I say it? Well, you know, it, forgive this, us our trespasses. That's right. Let's go as to the, we forgive others. Let's go to the let's go to the Our Father. Right, right. So in the Our Father, 
um, and forgive us our trespasses. That's great, Lord. We're asking you to forgive us our sins, right? Do that. Okay, great. But we're actually, we ourselves in that prayer put a condition on. How many people pray that prayer and don't realize there's actually a condition on our being forgiven as we forgive those who trespass against us? Mm -hmm. So it's like, forgive us as we forgive those. It's like, well, what if I don't forgive those? Well, now I'm the unforgiving servant, and I'm not going to be forgiven. Well, So I used to practice law, and I'm imagining here (coughs) Jesus is the judge in the last day. He's got a whole courtroom of possible cases and trials, so to speak. And the judge would like to have all matters settled. All matters settled and his docket clear. And he's counting on us to settle these debts with one another and to do right by one another in the way that he's uh, done right by us. I think to an extent, though, it's important, you know, yes, it's not about money, this language of, of debt, that we see in this parable, but it's not an accident that you see the language of debt and money used over and over again when tied to these lessons and discussions of forgiveness. And I think it's it's very helpful because I, I like to think of it actually as, you know, when somebody does something that upsets us, we might write an IOU or a you owe me, you know what I mean, within our own hearts and have a stack of you owe me's. This person has done this and this person's done this. Right. They let me down in this way. They let me down in this way. And then you can sit there with your whole stack of you owe me's. And you know what? Maybe you can get something out of it. Maybe you won't. But at some point, if your focus is on these things you don't have that you're owed, well, are you really abiding by the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? Are you really trusting that God's giving you exactly what you need to navigate, including, yes, a world of suffering where bad things happen, no matter how good you try to be. And that there's a freedom that you get by releasing that person from that debt, by saying, you know what, I name this debt, but in the name of Jesus, I release this person from this debt. And ultimately, it doesn't do us any good interiorly to sit there and expect another person to who who's completely out of our control yeah to make good on this you owe me that we've got stacked up in our heart i want to borrow a hundred dollars from you sam <laughs> <laughs> just thinking now's the time to ask <laughs> yeah and so the thing is uh i get the you owe me's <clears throat> and sometimes it's but there's like hurt involved oh yeah right so um so beyond that because i i agree with everything you just said there <clears throat> but but I will tell you the the really difficult ones are where we 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 don't let go of things that we should be letting go of. I mean, essentially, we will hold on to hurt. Um, of I mean, that's that's ancient in terms of our own human experience. I mean, I I can remember something that somebody did thirty years ago, and I've pretty much classified that person in my mind as still being that person thirty years ago. And really, that's not necessarily true. I mean, I think I've changed in 30 years. Do I not think that they've changed? And this is not something I saw about what I was doing. I saw it in in others. So people that I know will say something about somebody. It's like, you know, that comment you're you're criticizing, I mean, you know they said that like 15 years ago. And and, and so it, it sounds like I'm being a little judgmental because I am. But, but it, it has caused me... To look at myself and realize I'm doing the same thing, that I'm putting people in boxes 
and I'm just I'm 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 basically just putting them in boxes and stacking them and putting them in a big warehouse, and they don't change in my mind, and that is really hard to forgive. That is really hard to change that, and so. You talk about some kind of interior transformation that's required. Yeah. I think that's only supernatural. I don't know. It's it's just not humanly possible, right, without asking for God to be part of that transformation in you to let that part go because I, 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 I stumble on that all the time. And, I, and again, I've only seen it because I was like looking at other people going like, you, you you know you need to change your heart about that person because that's really an old debt that they owe you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's from way back, you know. Aren't you about ready to let that one go? It's like why do you think they haven't changed in twenty years or whatever? And I realized as soon as I said those words how self convicting they are. Because mm. and so I think so many of us we put people in categories, mm-hmm. right? We we want to know we size them up. Yep, that's that guy's a jerk. Always been a jerk. Probably always going to be a jerk. Pretty much put him in the jerk box, and there he is, right? Thirty years later, is he still a jerk? Man, the guy may be a he. he you know, he he turned over a new leaf, and he's he, he's in the priesthood now. You know, and uh, so I, it's just like transformations happen all the time. We pray for him, we pray for miracles, we pray for all these things, and yet we're not really that easily going along with the idea, the possibility of a transformation. There's a line from St. John of the Cross that speaks to exactly what you're saying. And, and I'm, is there an echo in the jerk box that I'm in, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> you're all alone. You're doing the mime thing inside the jerk box. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, St. John of the Cross, he said, memory is the enemy of hope. And what he meant by that is he said that sometimes, you know, in any given moment in a, in a tough situation, we're likely to be either too charitable or too harsh regarding others and regarding ourselves and trying to judge a situation. And what our memory is doing is we're locking in that, that judgment that was a little bit off in some way, almost assuredly. And uh, as a result, just like you're describing, we're putting those people in boxes and we're defining them by that. And so he said, memory is the enemy of hope, so that hope might cover those memories. Amen. Well, that's, again, that's the, and that's the divine uh, intervention, mm. right? Hope is divine, and that memory is, it's, it's human, essentially. Yes. Right? So that's, that's beautiful. Uh, wonderful. So we have more to, uh, to discuss here. Um, uh, we're going to do that. We're going to take a break first. Before we uh, take a break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com also. Send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And like us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. Like and share our posts and comment on them. It makes a difference. That's right. We'll be right back. <laughs> I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? St. Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. St. Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds, so how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. 
The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite Monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite order at the age of 15. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lisieux. Toward the end of her time in the convent, she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. She was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. Little everyday things done in great love can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess Trzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. There you are. There I am. <laughs> well, uh, you know, a little Sorry. technical difficulties. There you are. Hey, that's okay. That's okay, but they're no longer difficulties because we We're are here. here. That's right. That's what I love about Hopefully radio. Hopefully our audience will forgive us. Oh, yes. Ah, like that? that's right. That you're a pro. But you know what? They'd be like, <laughs> <No, not. laughs> they, they, they probably, you know, uh, we don't deserve that forgiveness if we don't forgive others. That's so true. That's the way that we're looking true. at this thing. And, you know, that conditional thing uh that's a, it's a real thing i mean it it's like there's thing. it's uh several verses in scripture i just, just here's one from uh there's jesus uh in the gospel of mark in chapter 11 jesus says when you stand to pray forgive anyone against whom you have a grievance so that your heavenly father may in turn forgive you your transgressions i mean there's obviously a quid pro quo here mm. yeah I mean, there's there, there there's something happening where um, it's froze flows freely from God, but I, I think that it wells up and dams up in people, and essentially is what what causes uh, it, it ends up becoming the judgment upon us. So I think of it actually similar to what I've heard people call spiritual physics. Um, someone said in describing uh, what is fear of the Lord, there says, "Well, fear of the Lord." There was a Dominican friar. He said that if a tree's out in the middle of the field, I I fear. Does it make a sound? No, that's not that one. Sorry, sorry. If there's a tree in the middle of the field and I start running towards the tree, I know that if I don't stop running or change direction, I'm going to hit the tree. Now, I'm not living in fear of the tree and trembling, 
but I'm I'm going to have an appropriate reverence for the presence of the tree and its capacity to hit me if I were smack up against it. Yeah. And he said similarly, the laws of God, you know, God has constructed the universe in such a way that we're not going to be fulfilled and happy without him. He'll give us the permission to run off and do things without him, only to find how empty that life is. And in the same vein, I think that if we are seeking mercy in our lives then from God, then it, the thing that sort of activates that as a matter of spiritual f- physics, so to speak, yeah. is our openness to also showing mercy towards others. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of like a prerequisite. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to do that first. We have to do that as, I mean, that's our heart is being is being transformed and changed and we have to do that. I mean, because here's the thing. There is, like, this um, this uh, unforgiving servant, I mean, was judged justly. Yeah. Right? He was called back in and essentially, you know, handed him over to the torturers and, and, and that he could pay the whole price now. He has to he has to pay it all back. And, and this is what Jesus says. Jesus says, um, so will my heavenly Father do to you unless... Each of you forgives your brother from your heart. I think from the again from the heart, just like you were saying, our Lord's not trying to check boxes. Our Lord's here yeah. to change hearts. So let's spend the next few minutes. We got uh, just uh, about five or so minutes left in this program, and and I want to spend a few minutes and just answer this question: Why is it so stinking hard to forgive? I mean, what are the things that stop it's unnatural. us? Well, I don't know, but if we are created by God. In his image and likeness, wouldn't it be natural that we would forgive? Yeah, but also think there's some divineness there. I mean, divinity, the supernatural. To, to forgive divine. I mean, it's almost like you're asking. How about this? How about right. I would agree that it's natural to us, but in fallen nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we 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 live in we live in fallen nature, right. and and uh, and so it is very typical of us to fall into that. So part, yeah. maybe the distinction is between nature and supernature. Yes. Right. Um, so that so so, if you're looking at all the different things that could be going wrong with a picture, one of them is falling into, or laying back, getting lazy, spiritually lazy. Yeah. Um, and and so like, let's call it lack of due diligence. Yeah. So lack of investigation, lack of discernment, lack lack of examination. When's the last time you did an examination of conscience? When's the last time you stopped and said, "Hmm, what have I done wrong?" Mm-hmm. I think another aspect, you know, in terms of you asking, why is it so hard to forgive? Sometimes a wound can be so deep, it transforms our perspective. Like, you could have a wound that's so deep in school or in workplace or in family. It skews reality. It skews how you look at work or family or school. Right. And it does, it distorts your the picture, right? And so it can not just, it, not just hurt, it could be anger. Hurt and anger are things that that those emotions can really just play havoc on your ability. Uh, it's why there's so many folks that will have uh, difficulties with addictions and things like that because everything kind of skews and 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 then all of a sudden you've now you got a a, a swirling um, um, self fulfilling prophecy and 
a circle of, of danger that you're living in, right? Because everything gets skewed out of place. Um, and that's something that n- needs to be addressed as well. Mm-hmm. Or going back to what you were talking about before in terms of putting folks in boxes, sometimes we can be so wounded, like someone goes through a marriage, goes through a really bad marriage and a bad divorce, all of a sudden their future relationships, they want to put a, f- a future potential spouse in the same box that their old spouse might have created, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and, and say, oh, I know why you're doing this, it's because of this, and all of a sudden there's a judgment that's being projected onto that person because of that skewed yep. vision. Yep. Now, and then also one that I suffer from and struggle with is pride. I mean, yeah. you want to be right. Uh, there are times where I've, I've, again, I've done it where I've looked at other people and I've watched somebody like, why do you want to win this argument so bad? You're just arguing. Think you just want to win. You don't really care uh, about baseball or whatever we're talking like laying bricks, whatever we're talking about. You don't really care about that, but you're going to argue with me. And I see that in other people. And I sit there and think like, uh Oh, Whenever I see it in other people, that's the first sign that that, that that's just that's me. And there are so many times that like just that 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 uh, the grandfather of all sins, pride, that sin just wants me to be right, mm-hmm. wants me to be correct. Well, and I think another aspect, and this bridges back to Tom's point too. Even in the time of the ancient Jews, when the law was being given to the Jews, it was still the Jews' responsibility to use the law to make things right. You know, if they were injured in some way, they had recourse, you know, but they had recourse to the law to seek to make things right. You know, distinguish that from before the law being given. Mm -hmm. You know, it was up to you, but you had to use your fists and get what you could out of somebody who had wronged you and your survival depended upon it. And so I think that what you have is God using salvation history to pave the way for Jesus to actually get across the message of, you know what, guys, it's not on you to make it right. I'm here to make it right. He's already made it right. I've made it right. We just have to get with the program. Mm -hmm. Which is why we have to rely on God. That's right. So, And then also, I think sometimes lack of prayer. I think uh, stubbornness, selfishness, where we we, we just don't stop and think, what what are we doing? And those are the kind of things that makes it hard. And so that's why, you know... We, we we firmly believe here at the Catholic Cafe that the Lord is merciful and just. We believe that the Lord is, 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 he is mercy, but we have to be merciful, right? We have to be merciful and as well. And if, and if we're not, then that mercy doesn't rest on us. Right. It doesn't our, stay Our faith with us. is incarnational. He wants to help us become mercy. Amen. Yeah. And so, of course, uh, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to end this program without calling on one of our great saints, St. Elsa of Disney. Uh, let it go. One of her <laughs> favorite quotes is just let it go. It's I know it's hard. It's really difficult to to let go uh, to let go of some of these. Do uh, I need things. to sing? No, please don't. No, please don't. no. I can't forgive you if you do. Here's, here's the pretty music. Let's just ask the Blessed Mother to be with us and to help us to forgive others so that we might be forgiven. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.